Welcome to another edition of the Flathead Beacon Podcast. I'm your host, Micah Drew, recording from the beautiful Flathead Valley. It's Friday, June 3rd. It is the first week of June, which means summer is fast approaching, and to borrow a phrase from managing editor Tristan Scott, the best sign in the Zodiac is alighting on the horizon, in Ternicus. This summer, the Beacons editorial team is welcoming twin turns as both a print and photojournalist are set to join us in the newsroom for the next few months. Today was day one for photojournalist intern Sarah Mosquera, and she spent it up in the North Fork with Tristan shooting a Bear Aware workshop. After that hectic morning and an afternoon spent learning the ins and outs of editing photos for newsprint, I snagged Sarah for a quick chat about the journey she took to discover her passion for photography and storytelling, which led her to the University of Montana for grad school and here to the Flathead Valley to intern with us this summer. But before we get to Sarah's story, a quick reminder that this podcast is sponsored in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Plus, they get some extra perks too. To find out more or join today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. Well, Sarah, thank you for joining us in the podcast. We're very excited to have you in the newsroom this summer. Thank you. It's really nice to be here. So this is day one of you joining the the Flathead Beacon newsroom. You've already been up in Polebridge and you've been going through a photojournalist editing camp, it looks like. And now we're up here. Busy first day. How do you feel like you're settling in? I feel really good. I learned a lot on this first day, a lot of <laughs> things that I didn't pick up in grad school. So it's nice. This is already a really great internship. Well, that's awesome. I want to start with a little bit of your background. So tell us a little bit about what you initially went to school for and how you got started with photography and what brought you to journalism. Okay. Yes, it is a journey. (laughs) So I attended my undergrad at Colorado State University, where I studied English literature. And then after finishing my undergrad, I decided to move to South America, like many people do. Um, (laughs) My family's from Chile originally, and so I have a lot of family members who still live down there. And so I moved down there for a while. And while I was down there, I was teaching English again, as people do. (laughs) And I... I decided to, um, I think that I, oh, I was teaching an ornithologist and Hmm. ornithology and photography kind of go hand in hand because, you know, you're out in the woods looking for birds. So why not take beautiful photos of them? And so me and this ornithologist actually made a trade where I would teach him English if he taught me photography. And so this was in like 2015 or 2016. And that was my first introduction to photography. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, he had like an extra body for me to use. And we would go out and look for birds and speak in English. And that would be our English lesson. And he would teach me how to use the camera in English. And so that was like kind of his his immersion into English. Oh, that's a super awesome trade. Yeah. So it was really great. Uh, it was a really great just experience and kind of intro into the world of like how to use manual or mm-hmm. how how to even use a camera. <laughs> um, and then 
From there, I moved to Peru for a little while and I I lived in Arequipa for a little bit and I made a friend named Jenna. Uh, she's an amazing photographer. Her name is Jenna Ray. <laughs> and she, her and I became really good friends and we decided to go volunteer in the Amazon jungle at a monkey sanctuary. And so monkeys who had been orphaned would go to the sanctuary in it's a little area called Cordillera Escalera and it's like this like pristine patch of of the Amazon jungle mm. that hasn't been logged it poachers are not allowed there it's like the one protected area in the Peruvian Amazon and so we went there and volunteered in this monkey sanctuary and the entire time Jenna had her camera and she was taking photos and like making this really beautiful photo essay about mm. our time there. And, you know, it was a really like emotionally tumultuous time because it was it was really hard to see like these baby monkeys who had been orphaned and just the animals that would come there in really terrible conditions. Like the things that people would do to these animals was really heart wrenching. And so I think we were there for about a month in the in the jungle and we came away from it with. Uh, two very different experiences where I was feeling uh, pretty disheartened and really down about the entire world. And Jenna came away with so many wonderful images and was able to put together this really gorgeous photo essay and draw a lot of attention to the work that this, um, this sanctuary was doing. And so it was like, you know, where I felt really disheartened and just like kind of frozen in this pain, she was like galvanizing people to come and help. And I was really inspired by her. And so after I moved home, probably six months after that, okay. and I bought my first like entry level DSLR camera on Craigslist <laughs> from a college kid who was just like, yeah, I'm just selling this for like $300. And I was like, sweet, I have $500 to my name. I'm obviously going to spend 300 on this camera. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it was the best purchase that I ever made. Like I was taking photos of like pencils and like, you know, grass, like just like, oh my God, everything looks beautiful. <laughs> and so I just, I taught myself on that camera. It was a different setup than I had been learning on in, uh, when I was in Peru with mm -hmm. that ornithologist. And, uh, I just continued to like practice and learn everything that I possibly could on my own. And, uh, from there I went to work for the park service uh, I moved out to Crater Lake and while I was out there, I was, you know, very inspired by the new, like all of these new surroundings. And so I was working as an interp ranger. So I would take people out on like guided snowshoe hikes and stuff. <laughs> and I would just bring my camera because everybody else is taking photos. So I would take photos as well. And it was like, it was just like constantly being inspired by your surroundings. And so I, um, from Crater Lake, I ended up going out to Acadia in Maine. And while I was out in Maine, it was, I mean, it was, it was that times a hundred because the entire landscape of Acadia is absolutely breathtaking. And it was a different experience from uh, Crater Lake because Crater Lake is pretty similar to Colorado where I'm from. Mm. And Maine, you know, it's the ocean, it's rocky coastlines. It's like, you're seeing like, sea otters and loons and just like it's it's completely magical and so from there i 
you know, I kind of carved out this little position for myself where we would teach school children about like tide pools and stuff. Hmm. And while we would take these kids out on these trips, I just kind of like, I like created this position for myself where rather than teaching the kids, I would photograph everybody else. And it ended up like becoming my role for my time there where I was just like kind of like their documentary photographer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was really nice. And yeah, I've heard from the my bosses over there mm-hmm. and they were like, it's so wonderful to have these images. And I was like, you know, completely new. I had just like a a tiny little lens. Like it was just like I just wanted to photograph everything I possibly could. And, you know, like I said, it was just so easy to feel inspired out there. And then, yeah, from there, I did like a little bit of a East Coast road trip. I wasn't going to stay in the park service. And I traveled along the East Coast, which is, you know, again, just so breathtaking and so different from the Colorado landscape that I'm used to. And eventually went back to Colorado and decided to try and see if I could like make a living as a freelance photographer, knowing absolutely nothing (laughs) about the world of freelance photography. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to like, you know, do the classic like portraiture wedding route Mm -hmm. or if I wanted to try and figure out what it meant to be a freelance photojournalist. That's a pretty big leap to make just off of a a big passion for photography. (laughs) It was a huge leap of faith, but it was like, you know, I had been on such a windy road of like, I, you know, I'm living in South America, teaching English, I'm Mm -hmm. working for the park service. And like through all of these like different avenues that I had taken, photography felt like the one that I could really see myself doing for the long term. And I couldn't really say that about anything else. Like I love the outdoors, but I didn't want to work for the park service for long term. And I knew that. And so I so I decided to move home and I was charging like $30 for portrait <laughs> sessions. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, people want me to take their photos, which is like, yeah, of course they do. You're charging $30. But I was like, everybody thinks I'm great at photography. So this is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I think we have, you know, the, the wedding photography industry up here for all the people that go in Elope and Glacier National Park. And every time I look at it, it's like $2,000 for like a four hour portrait session. I'm just like, it's a lot of work to do those yeah. shoots, a lot of editing, but like people pay a lot for their mm-hmm. photography. Yeah. <laughs> you were a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, I did, I didn't do any like solo weddings, but mm-hmm. I did second shoot a lot of weddings mm-hmm. and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> um, I would be like, I would feel really drained at the end and also like weddings are very stressful. Like it's a stressful atmosphere to be yeah. in and it would... It, there was something about the like the disconnect between like seeing the way that these people would interact with each other and you know to all of their relatives which was like very high strung and stressful and then like posing them to act really happy in this <laughs> moment which is like I know that you are probably very happy in this moment but also like I feel like this is kind of pretend and yeah. there was just like it didn't feel good to me to do that. And kind of the mm. same with family portraits where it would be like a crying child. And then the, you know, the parents would be like, if you just like smile for a second, I'll give you some candy. Like, <laughs> okay. So we're going to like pretend like you guys weren't arguing for the last 15 minutes and take this really cute image. And yeah. then you can pretend like it's this came about like, you know, spontaneously. So I didn't want to do that. And I didn't really know what that meant. I knew that I wanted to do photography, but I didn't know like, how you get your photos in like <laughs> magazines or newspapers or anything like that. 
And then just by chance, I learned of a a summer position in Yellowstone, uh, actually right outside of Yellowstone at a ranch, like doing ranch photography uh, for like, it was like a dude ranch. So like people would come like tourists and stuff. And so again, like not the type of photography that I wanted to do long-term, but it was like a really good summer gig. It paid extremely well. Mm, And it was like minutes from Yellowstone. So it was, it was pretty sweet. And I do really well at committing to seasons mm. of like, oh, yeah, I can do this for a summer. That's yeah, a couple months anywhere. It doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Uh, and that's kind of how I've lived my life. <laughs> um, and so I did that for a season the summer of 2019. And um, when I moved up to Yellowstone, my boyfriend, who has always wanted to live in Montana, but just it it's it seemed really absurd at the moment because like if you don't live in Montana you don't know how awesome Montana is and so I we try like, to keep it that way yeah I, doing a good job so just like edit that out <laughs> um and so he moved up here with me and mm-hmm. we rented a place in Helena which was like it was like three hours away yeah um and him and my cat Proton lived in Helena <laughs> Proton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> and um after the summer ended, we we just kind of fell in love with Montana as it happens and um and with Helena in particular. And so we decided to stay in Helena and we we signed a year lease. And while we were living in Helena, it was kind of like back to the same situation that I was in in, Mon- in Colorado, where it was like, okay, I know that I want to do photography, but what does that mean? And so I reached out to Tom Bridge at the Helena Independent, and I was like, hey, like, do you need a photo intern? And so I did a very like unstructured photo internship for like a year with Tom at the fo- at the Helena Independent, and it was like it was my complete like he took a total chance on me i did not know anything about newspaper photography or like you know the news industry at all i had no idea how to write a caption (laughs) and like he it's a good trial by fire with tom over there it was it was excellent he was just like yeah sure like do you want to go photograph these like the the military departures today yeah okay sure i I don't know what to do. I'll just go there and take photos. I didn't like get anybody's names. I didn't really know what I was doing. And he was like, these look great. (laughs) And so, yeah, so I did like a, just a really loose internship over there and I really enjoyed it. And also like during that time that I was interning with Tom, I was preparing to go on a trip with the organization photographers without borders Mm they do these workshops that are on location, like across the world. And so I signed up to do a workshop in Sumatra, uh, photographing endangered orangutans that are like living in palm oil fields. And it was a really great experience because that was like my real, my first time learning about documentary photography, Mm. where it's like, you know, a little bit longer term from like regular news photography And like really like learning how to like deep dive into a story and like how to incorporate all of these different voices in all of these different places. And that was when I was like, oh, man, I want to do this forever. 
And so I, I do really well in academia. I love being in a structured classroom. I tried my best to learn the ropes on my own, but I just, it wasn't working for me. I think a lot of people have done really well at it, but I needed somebody to like hold my hand through the entire process of like, this is how you pitch. This is how you edit. This is how you do all of these things. And um, so when I moved back, I learned about the uh, graduate program at UM and it was environmental sciences and journalism. So I was like, okay, this is absolutely perfect. And I went to go visit the campus and I mm-hmm. talked to Nadia and she was like, you know, you don't need any journalism background. Like you just need a really great letter of interest. And I was like, oh, I can give you that. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> and also I would also like to say I was not into academia as an undergrad. And mm. so like my undergrad GPA is horrific. <laughs> I cannot believe that I got into grad school with that GPA. So anybody listening, <laughs> anything is possible. <laughs> so that this brought you basically to the J school mm-hmm. or the grad school. Uh, we are a Montana journalism school heavy newsroom. All but one person went to the J school. <laughs> I guess our second intern also is from Penn. So two out of our seven are non-J schoolers, but we are always happy to keep that connection. So you ended up in the graduate program. Tell me a little bit about some of the big projects you worked on uh, as a grad student. Yeah. So um my first big project was for the Native News class, which mm. was such a wonderful experience. And that was, again, just like just kind of like being thrown into journalism with like, you know, some structure like this, like the bones of how to put together a story. And it ended up being a really great experience. Like it was, you know, you get partnered with a reporter. It's a reporter and a photojournalist and you're, you're assigned a reservation and go there and find a story to tell like under the theme that had been um, told to the class. And so my first big story was actually about a a suicide epidemic on Fort Belknap, which was awful. It was a really difficult topic for a lot of different reasons. And also trying not to fall into, you know, the regular, like um, the tropes of how people normally report on reservations. And so it was incredibly hard. It was my second semester in grad school and had no idea really how to put together a story, how to work collaboratively with a reporter, and also like how to tell a story that was that sensitive. And that ended up being such a great launch pad for one of my later projects, which became my thesis, because I made so many great connections because we had to get so intimate with people and we had to spend more time up there. And I had to do an extra trip. Like normally in that class, you just do one trip with the reporter Mm -hmm. and then that you come back and you, that's what you got. Um, But I ended up going back later a couple of weeks later on a solo trip and just like cultivating more relationships. And it ended up just like really paying off in the end because the friendships and relationships that I built during that trip just I mean they're they're still ongoing. Later I ended up putting together a story about the animal reintroductions that are happening on Fort Belknap. They are like just leaders in conservation and they are protecting the bison, the swift fox and the highly endangered black-footed ferrets. And um, so I put together a piece for the byline magazine class in while I was in my second year. 
And that just kind of encouraged more relationship building on Fort Belknap. And then from there, I decided to, you know, make that my thesis project. Mm. And um, my committee recommended that I include other reservations. So I expanded out to include Fort Peck and Northern Cheyenne, all three of whom are in the Great Plains and are also reintroducing these animals or some of these animals. And um, so, yeah, that ended up being my final project. It was like sort of like highlighting the issue of like the Great Plains just you know, being turned into agriculture and all of these animals being run out uh, by, you know, showing this like native led solution. And they have so many great partners with like the Nature Conservancy and World Wildlife Fund. And it was such a great project to work on because so many people were so excited about it yeah. that it was it was like the reporting was just like you just go out there and people are like, oh, yeah, let me take you out to like sh see all of these like prairie dog fields or like look at these bison or hang out with these bison. And and um, yeah, that was a that was a great story that I loved putting together. That sounds absolutely amazing. A great way to spend a couple years of grad school. My, <laughs> my two years of grad school were spent studying uh, knee neuromechanics for the military, which is not quite as exciting. As... That sounds top secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. It's basically figuring out why knees go from like 2.3 degrees of flexion to 2.4 degrees of flexion and whether we can stop that. <laughs> and that's when I decided I was not going to be a researcher and was going to go back into journalism. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> it's been a very good choice so far. Well, Sarah, you have, I mean, amazing experience and so much passion as a photographer and as a storyteller. We're so excited to have you in the newsroom and bringing that here. I think you're going to do amazing things this summer. So <laughs> thanks so much for, for coming up and joining us. And everyone listening can look for your work starting next week in The Beacon. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Well, a big thanks to Sarah for coming on the podcast today. She has had a great journey to discovering a passion for photography and for storytelling, and I will link some of her stories in the show notes today. We are super excited to be adding her to the newsroom staff this summer, and she's going to be producing some truly great journalism with us. You can expect to see her photos and bylines in the Flathead Beacon starting next week. That's all I've got for you today. Next week, we will be welcoming our second intern, Denali, to the newsroom, and I will produce another Meet the Intern podcast next week so everyone can get to know her as well. This episode was hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Micah Drew, and music in this episode includes songs by local Flathead Valley artist, Mike Murray, who's kind enough to let me use them. That's the show for this week. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.